um, I am going to pray. We're going to um, talk about um, being born again and what that means and um, how it can affect your life. This is like a super awesome topic. Um, it's, it's very deep. I tell you, today will, can be a heavy day if you let it. Um, but not a heavy day such that it will overwhelm you, but just a sense that you're reliant on God's power to save you and all that. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your divine power by your Spirit. There's nothing that can happen outside of your Spirit. I remind myself and others, Lord, of the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us. And Ephesians 2, 6 through 8, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. And this is not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Lord, I, I praise you. I praise you for your power. I praise you for your mercy that's poured out for us, Lord. It's so uh, deep, it's so real, it's so sincere, Lord. It's, um, I love its motivation, Lord. I love studying about it more and more and finding out about who you are. The depths and riches of the love of God. Lord, how amazing. And I thank you for air conditioning. In Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? Amen. 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 My title today is called The Power of New Birth. It's, most people are familiar with John 3. I will springboard that and I'll ask some questions that I hear often regarding born again. When I think of the term born again, it is a very, very popular term. It used to be just associated with Christianity through the centuries. You know, if someone was born again, it was they were born again into, into the faith. Um, I, I don't know how that... Uh, I think when people see hypocrisy, um, it, it, it's because they sort of get an idea that all Christians, once you were born again or you were in the church, that you would somehow um, be a perfect individual. Is there any perfect individuals in this room? Okay, but so, of course Heber. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Heber, it's right there. It's right below. But you're close. Not. <laughs> Not. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Um, so on one side, if you were born again and there was such a thing as being born again, I think that it would bring life change, don't you think? All right. Something internal would animate within you that your life would change. Um, but if born again was all there was to it, then why would our bodies or need to be changed someday in the future uh, to be able to go into eternity? Why not just take us in our born again state now? Um, there seems to be something that we need to become exactly like him, that there's a transformation that happens in the transcendent place. I don't know what that looks like exactly, it says, but when we see him, we shall be like him. I've seen a lot of people on this earth and a lot of people I admire, but none that look exactly like the Lord, um, the risen Christ, the powerful God. On the other hand, um, I see some people in the church and they seem to make a conversion experience, like they've said things. I'm not sure um, it's from the heart or if it's a, 
Um, it's a cultural thing. They just know that church is a good thing to do or religion is a good thing to do, the emphasis on to do, what they're going to do for God and they're, they're, they're going to go to church for God and they're going to go to church for their family and they're going to do some things. And I'm not sure if that's saved by grace through faith. Uh, I, I can always tell because you're struggling through, you know, you're trying to make your life change. It's like if born again is a supernatural experience, and it is, then like Paul says, if you begin with the Spirit through faith, how can you continue it with human effort? How can it get better? Like, do you think you can regenerate yourself, rebirth yourself? And if you think you can, and something you did made you birthed, then sustaining that spirit and sustaining that birth will be human-driven as well. And I tell you, that is a vain effort. It's a futile effort. It's a religious effort. Um, it's, it's not one that is driven by faith. It's declaring a righteousness of your own. All religion is like that. It's driven by works, what I can do to get better. And it permeates our society. And the concept of born again in our society then tends to be a, I, I see a new perspective of things. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand this point of view or I was kind of angry, and I, but I'm going to kind of readjust myself. It's, not, it's a self-fleshly reassessment of self and, and, um, and value and then realigning yourself up to it. I'm not talking about anything like that today. I'm talking about living in the earthly, worldly kingdom. And when you live in this worldly kingdom, you admire its viewpoints. When it says, this is what you should believe, you say, yeah, that's right. And, and when, you, when, it, when the world tells you what to think, you go, yeah, that's right. This is what I think. And if someone shows you something religious, you go, you know, something from the Bible, you go, oh, yeah, maybe. But if the world would show you something else... You're not going to give the, the word anything, a, you know, a higher credit than this worldly point of view. You're going to follow the world. You love the world. You, it's, it's your place. It's where you belong. It's your homeland. But if you've been born again by the Spirit, you're part of a different kingdom. You enter a new kingdom. You are no longer, you're a citizen. You get to vote and you're still a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, or whatever the heck you want to be which I couldn't care less because the only thing that matters is is that even though you're in the world, you're not of it anymore. You're, you're a king. There's a new... There's the Spirit of God has birthed something in you. He's regenerated you. He's, you know, he, there's a refreshing of animation that brings you back to the garden just like when the God breathed into Adam the living spirit. And he came alive. It's like, <sighs> he was nothing but, you know, mostly water, you know, and, and some dirt. And, right? That's all we are. How many know we're mostly water, right? We're, we're, our genetics is so much like the monkey. No, it's not. It's mostly like lettuce. I've told you this before. <laughs> our genetic makeup is mostly like lettuce. And how many know we're not, we probably didn't, if you believe in evolution, you probably don't think we have common ancestry with the lettuce, but of course you're in evolution, of course you think that. <laughs> because we're the crazy ones. <laughs> we think God made us, amen? amen? When we are born again by the Spirit, when, the, when we believe in the cross and the wrath of God, the, our enemy status is changed 
to friend status because of what Christ did. When that happens, the Holy Spirit no longer has enmity between us. And he then comes to us, and instead of being repelled, he then dwells. And he stays there, and he will not leave because of Christ. That's the new covenant. And that new spirit, when he comes upon us and makes his dwelling in us, there is an animation. (sighs) And the things of the world no longer have the same appeal to us. Now, how many know that we still have our body? And our body still has desires. Listen, after I was born again, I still had moments of lust. Okay, how many, am I the only one? Okay, how, how many still had the lust of the flesh in pride and other kinds of evil? But how many, once you became born again, couldn't continue in it? Because, it, you know, when I sinned before, before I was born again, I'd go, huh, I'll do it again. Now it was like, Oh, it's like your body liked the pleasure of it, but your, your spirit said, no, I'm not going to let you enjoy that anymore. You all right? Someone who comes to me and they go, oh, man, I just hate my sin, man. I just hate it. Do you think I'm saved? I go, dude, people who are saved say stuff like that. <laughs> right? Right? How many have said, man, I hate my stinking sin? Come on. How many have said, man, I hate it? Now, no, both hands, man, I hate that sin. Now, now, keep your hands up and say, I surrender to God's provision. Let, keep your hands raised. Can I tell you something? If God doesn't show up, you'll be stuck in it forever. Okay? You will. He will. You'll be stuck in it forever if he does not show up and bring his deliverance. That's why this is a trust. Hope is something that you hope will happen. That God brings you change. That God brings you salvation. Being born again means you're a new citizen. You're a new kingdom. Now, we have the example of Nicodemus who's like the big Pharisee. He becomes a follower of Christ. You know, and, and you can hear, hear about him in Josephus and other places. But he, he's representing Israel. He's seeing the things God's doing. He's even seeing miraculous things. He's associating it with God. Yeah, it must be God that's doing these things. He's re- raised with everything religious, and he's seeing the earthly things Jesus is doing. And Jesus is going to confront him and say, you, you know, because first Nicodemus asks him, like, you've got to be from God. And, he, and Jesus says, well, you've got to be born again. Like, you don't see the kingdom of God. And he's going, how can you believe, if you don't even believe in the earthly things I'm doing, and, and the analogies I'm showing you from the earth, once I show you heaven, you're not going to believe me if I tell you on heavenly things. I mean, do you understand that when we're born again in prayer, we can seek the deep things of God. We have access to it. You know, we can, internally we have access to the depths and riches of God. That's why it always amazes me when people say, well, do I have to pray? I go, you get to pray. Right? That's why making it a religious duty is such a sad, pathetic thing. Because it's just a bunch of things you mumble at the dinner table. It's things you mumble in the morning. But what about the fact that the Spirit gives you access to the King of all the kings? The God of all gods. And, 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 and it also is another thing. It's like, how foolish to tell him what to do. 
Why not get information and understand what he's doing and be that servant? You know, when you hear that, that, that phrase where Jesus says, now I call you friend, I think people think they just start off as friend with God. And you do, in a sense, God's your friend. But, but Jesus says to his servants, to his disciples, once they knew all about the master's business, that third year, he says, now you know what I'm doing. And now you know what the father's heart is. Now I call you friend. We're, we're partners in this now. How many want to be a partner with God? Right? And, and that's why the prayers you're praying are no longer, God, I need this, and God, I want that, and God, can't you get that? It's, Lord, what is your will? That's what it is. Hallelujah. Lord, do that. And if you don't know, say, Lord, show me what your will is. And sometimes you just, you're waiting on the Lord. Now, listen to Nicodemus. I want you to catch this because I went through every scripture on born again. This is the first time I've preached on. I've preached on this you know, probably 30 times in different ways. But God always shows you new stuff. John 3, 1. You can, I don't have it up there. I just have, because there's a lot of text, and I hate having just a ton of text up there. You can just listen to my voice if you would. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to, to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Listen to that. We all know this. Like all of us, all us Pharisees, like we all know you're from God. How little of them became followers, huh? He says, we know God sent you. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. I think Jesus right now is going, yeah, you guys got it right. That's good. God is with me. It's really good. He doesn't. He said, you must be born again. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see it. Now, you know, when I, when I quote these scriptures, I always get people afterwards who study these things and they go, Eric, are you a Calvinist? Because you believe in the predestination that God is saying you can't see the kingdom before it. And can I tell you, people have asked me if I'm a Calvinist or an Armenian. I'm nothing. I don't define myself by five points of Calvinism or five points of Arminianism or Maldiism or Kupalukalukanism or whateverism. And I understand the logical points that the five have to do it, but I don't care. I don't want to define myself by any five points. God doesn't say, Eric, what five points are you? He just says, believe the scriptures. When things sound like predestination, I read them and I believe them. Amen? I don't say, well, it doesn't really because God doesn't really know what he's saying here, so let me twist it around. When he says it, when he says you can't see the kingdom, don't tell me that people are all around the world seeing the kingdom, analyzing whether they want to be with God or not. They cannot see the kingdom unless they are born again. That's what it says. How many say amen? amen? And if that's what it says, that's what I believe. And Jesus says, he says, they go, what do you mean? He goes, how can an old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, that's a flesh born, but human life, or and the spirit. Humans can produce only human life. Or some of you might have flesh can only produce flesh. He says, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Who gives birth? The The Holy Spirit gives birth. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Let me tell everyone here. You must 
Be born again. This is an Eric Van Rees statement. This is a Jesus Christ statement. Now, he makes this statement. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can. Where does it blow? Wherever you want. Wherever the church wants. Wherever what wants? Wherever it wants. And it says, you can hear the wind. Okay? The, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just, you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from. Like, did it, was it, I think it was kind of over here. And you can't tell exactly where it's going. And you can't really figure out all the details of the wind. So you can't explain how people are born with the Spirit. It's the same way. Do I hear an amen? amen. Now, let's go to the points here. One, what does it mean to be born again? Okay? Let's, let's talk about this just a little bit. Okay? My first point here is when you are born again, you'll be able to see the kingdom. Okay? You'll be able to see it because something's been birthed. You put your faith in Christ, and now you can see the kingdom. That's what I get from the scripture. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom. The word heroa, which it means cannot see, is not visible. Not in view, not in sight, does not materialize or appear. That's the Strong's, Strong's Concordance. You cannot see it. It doesn't appear. It's not in sight. It doesn't materialize. Without the kingdom, without being born again, you cannot see it. It's the reason why a lot of pastors think a non-believer can't really worship the Lord because he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can just sing songs with the church. But when his eyes are opened, God can reveal himself. Amen? And who can open blind eyes? The Lord. Do I hear amen? Okay. Uh, then he says, I assure you, no one can enter. Say, I can't see. Say, I can't enter. The kingdom, unless I'm born again. This is what the Bible says. You, you, you can't see it, and you can't enter it. it it's, it's, a, it's a new kingdom. The old kingdom is still here. You're still in the earth. I'm still here, but my citizenship and who I am is from another kingdom. But I'm living in this kingdom, and this kingdom is the world's kingdom. And, and the prince of the air and the rulers of the wor- world and the book of Revelation talks about the, you know, the beast of, you know, a, 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 of the false prophet of religion and politics and all that stuff is active in this kingdom. Reigning in the flesh, reigning in the spiritual world, but I'm in it as an ambassador, but I am a part of another kingdom, a different kingdom. My body is still has some of the same needs as anyone else does. But my spirit, my heart has been renewed. Amen? The man in the world has his soul, sometimes described as spirit, but don't say soul. And he has a body. But I have a body and a soul too, but I have the spirit of God. So I, I am more whole because of the divine work of God. Okay, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a better person than you, because trust me, I'm not. Uh, You may think I am, but you don't know my whole life. Um, Next one is you'll become a new citizen. 
You, you, you can see the kingdom. You can enter the kingdom. You become a new citizen. Ephesians 2 says you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're fellow citizens with God's people. You, you, you're not a green card status in the kingdom. Okay? People come here from different countries, and, and they can't, they, they live here. Some of them lived here all their lives, but they don't have the same access. I have all the access of the kingdom, and so do you. How many say amen? amen. We, we are part of another kingdom with full citizenship, no green card, no temporary status. Is this good news? How many like being born again? How do I become born again? Number two, how do I become? What you do is you, you grab your fist like that, you squeeze real hard, and then you try to be where the wind is going to be next. You try to figure out where the wind is, and then you put yourself there. It's kind of difficult. I don't want to make it sound so mysterious, but it is mysterious. But the gospel comes through the word. Amen? Now, people think that just means the New Testament. What they don't realize is that most of the people that are talking to us in this scripture don't have the New Testament. (laughs) Okay? The word there is the logos, which is the Lord. The Lord, the word of truth. He is the word. In the beginning was the word. He is the one who brings life. We preach the word. We preach Jesus. It's not go around and pass out New Testaments. It's go around and preach Jesus. How many say amen? So new birth is spiritual birth. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go into his mother's womb and be born? It's not a physical thing. You're not going to find your mom or a surrogate mom if your mom's passed away and and jump into a room and try to squeeze yourself in there. It's not going to happen, right? You're too big. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Need I say that? Spiritual birth is by the Spirit. Human can reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The Spirit of God has to rebirth you. Amen? I have no shame in speaking this because I, I don't want someone sitting in church their whole life who has never put their faith in Christ and has never been regenerated or renewed thinking that, you know, because even the things that I'm saying won't make sense. Until the Lord opens your eyes, then you can see the kingdom, and then you can enter the kingdom. That's the way it is. That's what this scripture says. So don't be surprised when I say, Jesus is saying, you must be born again. Now understand, when Jesus is giving all these instructions, you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, and he's telling all the don'ts. He's not saying if you start doing them, that'll make you born again. What he's trying to show them is that they really are in an earthly status that is not regenerated, and they can see it by their lives. You must be born again. Spiritual birth happens by the Spirit, and it's mysterious. Like I said, the wind blows wherever it wants. You can hear the wind. By that word, there's pneuma, breath. It's the word used for spirit, the wind. You can hear the Spirit, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going so you can't explain how people are born. And Nicodemus, of course, asked the question, well, how is this possible? How can this happen? It doesn't make any sense. How come? I don't get it. Of course you don't get it. 
Nicodemus doesn't get this right then. He doesn't go, oh, I get it, now I'm born again. No, it isn't until the death and resurrection of Christ and the gospel power, which is our topic, the power of the gospel, comes out when it comes alive. Spiritual birth is heavenly. He says, if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? I'm trying to tell you something that's heavenly, and there's no way you're going to get it. So here we have a conversation recorded of someone who's not getting it. And that's and Jesus understands that he doesn't get it. Pray that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear. He's not praying for discernment, like pray that people will really be discerning with their eyes and discerning with their ears. Eyes to see and ears and ears to hear means what the spirit says. It's a it's a spiritual thing. Uh, someone rebirthed will hear what the spirit says. They won't, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll meet young people and I'll, they'll hear all the things that the world is doing. The world says this is right and it says that right. They go, yeah, I don't see why not. And I go, and they go, well, what's my problem? I go, you need to be born again. Yeah. yeah, but I've been in the church all my life. I know. Your parents are born again. <laughs> Maybe your dog's born again. I don't know. Maybe your cousin's born again. But people who are born again see the kingdom of God and start to look for his ways. That's what it is. You don't get it through being near born-again people. Otherwise, our evangelism would just be find a big crowd and walk near them. <laughs> or as some churches do, invite as many people as you can so that they all come in the church and as they hang out with us, they'll start being born again. That never worked with the crowds with Jesus. He was always near the crowds. Listen to what Jesus says because spiritual birth is done by God. He says, he says he gave them authority to become children of God. Listen, children born, can everyone say not? Born not. Here, and he just gave three things. Now, they're not born of blood, if you have King James. This is NIV, natural descent. You're not born because you're born of God by your parents. How many say amen? amen? Nor, number two, can everyone say human decision? Now, that's the one that gets everybody. Say, I am not born again because of a human decision. This comes against so much of our modern Christianity. I get it, but I'm not, I'm not apologizing for it. This is what the scripture says. It's not a husband's will. Can everyone say not? But born of what? God. Born of God. Not by human decision. That's the word, by the way, thalo. It's will. Not by human's will. Not by human desire. I want God. No, that's not it. It has to be born of God. That's just what it says. Listen, if you can believe what the scripture says, think about how amazing it'll be when you're looking for sanctification. Sanctification comes by birth by God. God brings deliverance. If you think you're getting the Spirit by all your great decisions, then what's going to happen when you want freedom in something? You're going to turn to those same things. In other words, you're just going to have a, like our local faith, where it's, you're saved by your works. Just get a little better. Work a little harder. It's not like, you know, and I, I've heard, I heard sometimes Christian books where they use Michael Jordan, how he trained. You can train all you want. Growth comes by the Spirit. How many say amen? Amen. 
Growth comes by the grace of God. The Jews tried to establish a righteousness of their own, but they failed to see that God established his own righteousness. The man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, he is the one who comes home justified by God. Romans 4.4. It says it right there. A whole book's written just about this. Two books. Galatians is written about this as well. Spiritual birth is caused by God. Blessed be the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. Can everyone say according to? According According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. New birth is done by Jesus. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of, say it with me, first fruit. He's a first fruit. We're a first fruit. This is why we equate tithing and giving with this because it's an act of faith. When you believe that he is a first fruit, when you give your money, you are by faith saying the first thing offered cleanses the rest of what I am. I believe in Christ. He's the first fruit. And so now I'm clean. If, if you don't tithe and never gave a dollar your whole life and had your faith in Christ, you're still going to be saved. This, I don't mean it as a curse that way. I just mean it that there are things that we do by trusting God. We pray because we trust in what Christ has done. It's a faith thing. Amen? New birth is restoration. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life. We get the same breath of life by being born again. Spiritual birth is renewal. He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us to the washing of rebirth. Say it with me, rebirth. Say renewal by the Holy Spirit. He did it, not. He saved us. He rescued us. He rescued us. He did this thing. He saved you. He renewed you. He rewashed you. He put his spirit in you. He is the mighty God. He can do what he wants. It's not because of your works. He rebirthed you. He who began this good work, he will carry it into completion. Can everyone say he? He will do these things. That's the great thing about God. Spiritual birth, not by man. I love John 6, 6, 3, because when Jesus is claiming to be that bread of life, we know know the bread of the flesh, food to eat. He's saying, I'm actually me, my death, my resurrection, who I am, the one that's going to be laid down for you. I am the bread of life. And they go, what? That can't be. And he says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Those of you might have the NIV, it says the flesh profits nothing. Human effort accomplishes what? Nothing. What does it accomplish? Nothing. Well, come on, it's, gotta, it's, it's good. What can it accomplish? Nothing. You sure? Yeah. How many, in all honesty, have put your hope in your own flesh in the last week? Come on. The rest of you are liars to the <laughs> core. You're totally lying. I, I'm serious, you're totally lying. How, how many believe... Come on, there's still part of you that believe the flesh profits something. The flesh profits nothing. It accomplished nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that's why I got to make myself closer to God so he can do stuff. That's you again. Hello, McFly, is there anyone in there? Right? 
And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but you don't, still don't believe. And some of you don't believe me. Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. He knew who would betray him. He's talking about Jesus. He knows this already. How can I be born again? By the Spirit of God. It's done by God. How do I know if I'm born again? Okay? This is a, this is big, man, there's theological arguments all over the world about this kind of stuff. Okay? Listen, what he says here. My, first of all, my birth rejects sin's dominion. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. If you look at the root there, that's practice, the practice of sin. It's like what I mentioned before. When I'm rebirthed, I can't just keep living a sin life. There's something about the rebirth that, that brings conviction, that brings rejection of that sin life. Because God's seeds remain in him, he cannot just go on sinning because he's been born of God. If you've been born of God, there's something about the sin that you are involved in that now is distasteful to you. There's something in about it that doesn't bring the joy that it once did. Now it brings the death that you see. He's constantly bringing you, if you're stuck in it, you might let's say you're in bondage to whatever it is, you, you feel a deep mourning and shame because of you've been born again. And may God bring you freedom and redemption. Amen? People who don't have the Spirit of God don't feel that shame. They'll do what the world expects them to do to get right again. You make your apology, and I just want to apologize to everybody about my big mistake. It happens. I see it on the news all the time. I'm really sorry about everything I did. Read my tweet. You know, I want to publicly apologize for all the things that I did, and I know I was wrong. How many know God's not buying the tweet? (laughs) Right? He knows the heart. Okay? My new birth. Now, if you haven't been, this is what what the scribes, if you've not been born again, they not only continue to do the very things, they don't just go, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing it, man, this is my life. But when other people approve, you know, live in a sinful life, they approve of it. They go, yeah, it's cool, man. They approve of those who practice them. I, I, see, it, I see it sometimes in, in Facebook, and I hear it in conversations where Christians are going, even though it's clearly something that God is against, they say, oh, no, it's cool. Okay. That's because you're a lawyer and you're an advocate for the world. The world is your stage. Jesus says, anyone who loves the world, how can the love of the Father be in them? Because the world is opposed to the things of God. I'm not saying, listen, if we were opposing every person who sinned, we'd be against everybody and against ourselves. So when I say we're against the world, I'm not, we're also for the world in the sense that we're for them finding the love of God and the freedom of God. When God accepts me as I am, not because he looks at my sin and goes, it's okay, man, you're cool. No, he says, your sin is terrible and shameful and disgusting, but I've absolutely paid for it, Eric. So I love you and accept you. If you can't understand it that way, then you don't understand the kingdom because that's the way it is. God's love for me is absolutely complete. I can't get any more. He's, he's offered his son already on my behalf. What more can God offer? 
Certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. And they deny Jesus Christ. It's those two things. They deny that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah, Jesus is another great figure, and I know I go to church, and I was raised at that. But, you know, there's other people besides Jesus. Okay, yeah. You don't see the kingdom of God. You're, you're not born again. You don't, you're, you're not an advocate of God. He who doesn't gather with me, Jesus says, scatters. This is the way. And how many think this message is pretty heavy? heavy. It's heavy, but it's true. It's true. And, and, and if you're here, do not feel, I, I don't say these things to condemn you. I say these so you get authenticity and you know where you stand. They deny Jesus Christ, their sovereign Lord. New birth generates love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If you know someone who's been in the church maybe their whole life, but you've not seen the fruit of love, they may not have been born again. They just may be in the church. You don't become a car being in a garage. You don't become a Christian being inside the church building on Sunday. How many know that most of your life you don't spend in this building? Right? It's just a short time of week. This isn't the church. You are the church. Amen? Amen. Listen, if, if God hasn't been changing the love you have for people, you may not be born again. Because this is one of the signs of that. It just is. New birth creates faith in Jesus. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Yeah, I, I think the world turns us around, uh, even the Christian church sometimes turns it around that says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you'll be born of God. This scripture says the opposite. It says, if you're born of God, then you believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's, it's the opposite, right? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, who believes that? Who are the people that believe that? Those that are born of God. How many here believe that Jesus, honest to God, Jesus is the Christ of the Son of the living God? Just raise your hand and say, I believe it. Okay? So, so you are born again. That's one sign. It doesn't say here who has never been angry. Right? It doesn't say that. It just says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, it's by faith. New birth creates a victorious life. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Listen, when, when you're born again, you struggle through things. The minute you get victorious over something, how many know that God kind of lifts up the lid and he shows you something else? Right? It's a frustrating thing. There are times when I hate my Christianity. How many agree with me sometimes? Come on. There are sometimes, I mean, I'm always thankful in the back of my mind, thank you, God, for saving me. But there are sometimes when I'm working things out where I'm thinking, if I was in the world, I could totally escape this. <laughs> I could just go on a pleasure run, you know, and be wasted for five days and I'd forget all about it. But if I did that now, the Lord would be right through me just while I was wasted, right? You know, he'd follow you all the way through. How many know what I'm talking about? He will stick with you no matter what, and he won't let you get off until you have freedom. 
And it will never be based in your works. It'll never be a freedom where you go, well, I finally did it right, man. It'll be praise be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It'll be Romans 7 coming to fruition. I'm not saying don't apply yourself. I'm saying apply yourself in the faith of the Lord. New birth is the same as new growth. This is what I said. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Is it what you did? Is it one of the works of the law? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to gain your, attain your goal by human effort? And that's exactly what it's like with, with people who have faith in their works. They go, man, I just, I just don't know I'm saved. Why? Because I don't know if I'm really doing stuff enough. You might not be saved. Sounds like you have faith in yourself. I, I don't know if that's through and through, but you can't have faith in yourself. That's stupid. Look at me. You have faith in yourself, and it's stupid. You can't say stupid. Yes, you can. The fool says in his heart there is no God. What do you think fool translates to? Stupid. Right? It's just the Oxford nice word of saying it. Right? The stupid man thinks this. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? It's just not politically correct anymore. I always used to use the word stupid with my kids. I didn't say they were stupid, and i go, that is a stupid thing to do. Really? Can we say stupid? If it matches, then you need to use the right word. That's stupid. Don't do that. Is there a way to be unborn? This is the big question. Okay? Can you be unborn? Can you be reborn and then unborn? And then you have to get reborn again, and then maybe I get unborn again. Anyone who, who is being reborn and unborn has to have their faith in something other than the rock solidness of Jesus Christ. Because that's not changing. That will never change. You write checks all the time, 2015, because that's pointing back to that date. You know, the thing is, is that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You're a new creation. He who authored your faith, it was Christ. Now, again, when I say this, people think I don't believe in a will. I do believe that you have the will of man. And I believe that it operates within the structure of your will. That You have to apply yourself in faith. God makes both active at the same time. How many know that you have to put your faith in Christ? God's not saying let some mysterious thing happen. But at the same time, He gives his perspective and he says something mysterious is happening and you don't know where it's coming from. Both are true. Being God, new birth is God owned. I'm almost done. Being confident of this that he who began a work will carry it into completion. You're no longer owned. You're bought at a price. Of course you can't lose what you are. New birth is enduring and imperishable. You know, people say, you know, those who endure to the end. Listen, you've been born again not of a perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and, say it with me, enduring, the enduring word of God. It's a seed that's been planted on you. Now, I know that there are scriptures, you know, talk about the soil and all that kind of stuff. But when, the, when you know that Jesus is the Christ, the new plant has already grown because then you're born again. 
That's at the end of the germination period. How many believe that Jesus is the Christ? Then you have been born again. You are rebirthed. You've been birthed by a seed. Let me tell you about the seed that's in you. It's imperishable. It is immortal, right? It cannot be altered. It is moved by God. And here's the scripture that that whole scripture, John 3, you must be born again. And he says, just like the snake lifted up in the desert, and he gives all these great analogies, the snake lifted up in the desert, Moses was out there in the desert, how do we get salvation? He goes, lift up the snake, and he says, everyone who looks at it is going to live. They all looked at it. And Jesus becomes that snake, the one cursed for us to take on our curse. And then he explains it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes, whoever believes, won't perish but have everlasting life. This is is Jesus' flow of communication. You know, he starts on born not of human decision, born not of blood, born not, but born of God. No one has seen God but God, the one and only who's at the Father's side, who's made him known. You know, and then there was a man named John, and he was not the he himself was not the light, but he talked concerning that light. Look, the Lamb of God. And he talks all these things, and Nicodemus said, Come, well, I don't get it, I don't understand. You gotta be born again. It comes by the Spirit. It comes in a way that you don't. You don't know where it's going, where it comes from. You can't see the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There there is God's own summary making the statement over there what it's all about. Why don't you close your eyes? I, I want you just to respond. If, first of all, If the Lord awakened your heart right this moment while I was speaking and you have not been born again, but somehow you've heard this, it means that God could be rebirthing your own soul right now, awakening it. At the very least, he's giving you an opportunity to hear it. And let me just tell you, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you can be saved right now. You can be regenerated, your inner soul regenerated. If that's you, you just look up at me. Raise your hand, look up at me if you haven't, it's not happened to you. And I want to agree with you. Anybody? Okay? I'm assuming that most people in this service might know the Lord already by the hands raised. Now, if you've been born again right now, and you know, God, you've rebirthed my soul, And I want to remind you that if God rebirthed your soul, then who's going to help you grow? Who's going to rebirth the work of God in areas that are dead in your life where you need new life? And I want you to re-put your faith in in the Spirit of God and what He's able to do. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Lord, I've been born again. Just raise your hand. But Lord, I need the renewed plant. I need that plant to grow in my life. I need that seed to be full blown. I need to become the oak tree. And maybe you've been putting your hope back in your flesh. 
if that's you right now, just repent to the Lord and say, Lord, I put my hope in the flesh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. And, and, and you can tell you've been struggling. You go round and round and bound and bound with sin. said the scriptures. I've interpreted the scriptures. You've heard the scriptures. Let them do their work. You say, Lord, do that work in my life. Bring it about. And then you say, Lord, you are the word. Do the work that you began. Keep carrying it unto completion. He's going to, whether you say it or not. But you're agreeing with the word of God. You're lining your mind up with the word of God. You're, you're not conforming to the pattern of the church world or the pattern of the world. You're just saying, Lord, I'm lining my heart up my mind. And then just say, Lord, line up my will. Not my will be done, yours be done. In the name of Jesus. Can I have the base camp team come up for prayer? Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the powerful God. And there's some here that you need some follow-up prayer. There's some things that you might need to get off your chest and saying, hey, this is how I'm struggling right now. If that's you, I want you just to come forward and you come up for prayer, either right now or right afterwards. Father, I thank you for the incredible power of your spirit and the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of preaching it, for it is your incredible work. It is the work that you do. And Lord, I thank you for our role in it, that we get to put faith in you. I don't know all the details of how that works, but I know that in my mind, it works as I engage with you. And so, Father, I engage with you and I say, I put my hope in you. I put my trust in you. Lord, I put my confidence in you. You are the Lord. Do I hear an amen? How many got something out today? Raise your hand and praise the Lord. Would you bless with your mouth? No clapping. Just bless the Lord with your mouth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your work. Thank you. Lord, thank you for when you're working, when we don't even notice. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We've got some exciting things next week, too. Blessings to you. Amen.